When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20. The 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones had just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know who that's? The Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So we bring back our friend who is the host of Pace's Playbook over on our YouTube channel. And of course, a contributor at playlikeajet.com, Kayla Pace. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question, and this is an interesting one, comes in from Michael Christopher. He asks us to rank the coaching hires from 2021 and compare and contrast all of the guys that were picked and see who was the best choices. So I pulled up the list of guys that were hired, Kayla, and I don't know about ranking them one through seven because it's a little early to do that, but I thought we could have some fun discussing what we thought of each hire with a year of hindsight now. Of course, this is subject to change because some guys that look like bad hires could end up good hires, and some guys that look like good hires could end up looking like bad hires down the line. For example, a lot of people weren't so high on Zach Taylor going into this season, and now I would think that the opinions of him are much higher than they were a year ago. So we'll start with Urban Meyer. What can you really say about this one, Kayla, other than it flamed out in the most spectacular fashion you could ever imagine? When they did it, I thought it wasn't that bad because 
Meyer is a proven winner. He's got a reputation. And Jacksonville was desperate for some credibility. But holy cow, was this bad. It became obvious pretty quickly that Urban Meyer viewed this as a retirement job, which is probably what it ended up being for him, at least in terms of the NFL, because I don't think the NFL is ever hiring this guy again. And then he got involved in so many different controversies. The locker room turned on him. You heard stories about how Trevor Lawrence had to go to him and beg him to put James Robinson, their best offensive player, back in the game because he wanted to play favorites with Carlos Hyde, who had played for him at Ohio State. He physically hit his kicker. There's what happened at that bar in Ohio where he stayed behind and didn't get on the team plane because he wanted to hang out at his bar, which is unbelievable. I've never heard of anything like that. You heard a story about Marvin Jones getting so angry at Urban Meyer that he actually walked out of the facility and other players and coaches had to go and get him and talk him into coming back. And then when he did, they ended up in a shouting match. It goes on and on and on with this guy. Just scandal after scandal, problem after problem. Worse than anything you ever could have imagined with Urban Meyer. I'm curious to see if he ends up suing the Jaguars and winning a portion of that money. I think he probably will have some sort of out-of-court settlement. But whatever they ended up paying him is far too much. And the one thing I will say is, that's why I thought the Jaguars job was the most desirable job out there because you've got a situation where A, nobody cares about the team and B, you cannot possibly be worse than the last guy. So I think we can agree, Kayla, that Urban Meyer was the worst hire of this group by far. I don't think anybody on this list could possibly come close to topping how bad he was in Jacksonville. Yeah, and see, I I definitely agree with you on that part, but I will disagree with the part where you said that you didn't think it'd be that bad to start out with. I thought immediate disaster coming. Well, Kayla, I should qualify that. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it became. I didn't think it was going to be good or great, but I never foresaw this level of disaster. Yeah, see, I think that the reason I immediately was like, Urban Meyer, absolutely not as soon as they hired him was like the difference in power dynamics between being a college coach and an NFL coach. Um, I think that when you build like a lasting uh, like dynasty in college football, kind of like urban Meyer did um, the, like the power goes to your head because NFL coaches really largely, even like the most successful ones are not like worshiped in the way that the college coaches are by the people around them. Like at the end of the day in the NFL, like, it's very, very hard to sustain that level of success. In college, if you can get in a consistent pipeline of the top recruits, which Urban had at, at Ohio State, then and then at Florida, I mean, it's, it's a lot, I don't want to say easier because obviously it's still a challenging job, but if you can get those five stars in, you have an automatic advantage over every other team before you even start like scheme like it's just and people in college just like he got the boosters kissing his butt and like people just throwing money at you and like the nfl like there's nothing like that like it's not the ego boost or the ego fluff that you're used to as a college head coach and i think urban was very much built up on like the ego boost aspect of it and you know urban walking into a bar in in columbus ohio and having like 25 year old girls running up to him like that's just and like he can just do that 
on a Friday night, just go out in public and everyone wants to buy his drinks and X, Y, Z, like the NFL head coaches, like, it's just, it's not the same environment. I'm sure when they go out in public, they have people like falling all over them too, but it's a lot more, I think, hard work schematically. And the, the urban thing that, that stands out to me was when he was like, oh, like being an NFL coach, it's like prepping for Alabama every week. And it just kind of goes to show how how different it is from the head coaching position of like taking it more, not necessarily more seriously, but it's it's much more difficult. And when you're when you're Urban Meyer and you're planning to line up against Northwestern with your Ohio State five star recruits, like not that he's not working hard, but it's it's not as challenging. It's not it's not as hard to to put together a game plan that's going to win. And um, I think that that level of like commitment and having to prove yourself week in and week out was not built for Urban Meyer. And so, and you saw how the stress got to him. And he's also coaching fellow adults at this point in, in the NFL and guys who have earned their spot in this league and know what they're capable of and aren't trying to just be a yes man and prove that they deserve to go to the big leagues. They're in the big leagues. So going around picking fights with players and kicking them and whatever whatever other crazy stuff Urban Meyer did, like that doesn't fly with an adult at a job. Like if you're an adult at a job, you call HR when somebody treats you like that. <laughs> and like I'm it's just it's crazy to me how he thought that college scare tactics would work on employed adults. Like it, it's absolutely nuts because whether the system is fair or not, and I don't think it is, but that's a whole other conversation. These college players are sucking up to these these coaches that have built dynasties trying to get their shot in the league. Like that's really what is going on in college. So yeah, you have to stay in line for Urban Meyer at Ohio State or Florida, but you like you really don't in the NFL. Like at the end of the day, he's a first year coach trying to prove himself and that's that's all he is and he doesn't have like the the undying respect and the people bowing down to his feet and i think that was way too hard for him to adjust for and his ego couldn't handle it and that's why that went down the way that it did it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. David Culley. This was such an interesting situation. He was a patsy, and I think we all realize that. He was hired just so they could have a caretaker for a year and then fired. And thankfully for him, he's getting a $23 million severance package. So I guess in the end, it worked out for him. They took care of him financially, but still, he did not deserve what ended up happening to him, getting fired after one year, because he was put in an impossible situation. He had a rookie general manager. There's an owner that is so hated by both the fan base and a lot of the players. The star quarterback wanted nothing to do with anything involving the team, and then he gets embroiled in this scandal. And on top of that, the Texans basically pared everything down and had very few high-quality players, and yet they ended up being competitive a lot more often than we expected. Cully was hired as a longtime, well-known, well-regarded assistant who had never gotten a look from anybody as a potential head coach, so was a head-scratcher at the time, but I think he overachieved. And in the process, they may have accidentally developed a quarterback because Davis Mills, once he got a chance, played reasonably well. He was one of the better rookie quarterbacks this year. He may end up being the Kirk Cousins of this quarterback class, meaning he was drafted more as a depth piece at quarterback and he could end up becoming a decent starter. We'll see. But I think with that in mind, he earned another year. Of course, he was never going to get one because, as I said, he was hired just to be a placeholder. So that was a weird hire at the time. I think it ended up being a better hire than most of us expected, but it ended exactly the way that we thought it would with David Culley being a one and done. As I said, though, thankfully for him, he gets taken care of with that $23 million retirement package. So if somebody wants to hire me and fire me after a year when I don't deserve it, but pay me $23 million, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I have to agree. I would take that that one year, $23 million for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's been talked about enough how well David Culley actually did. Like, I mean, I wasn't necessarily surprised when he was fired, but at the same time, like what they managed to do with Davis Mills and um, how the team just, like they had a lot of games, I felt like, where it was like moments of triumph for the players on that roster that probably went out there expecting to not win anything. And um, I, I enjoyed watching the Texans good games. Like I enjoyed watching them play other teams close um, and get a couple wins. I mean, the thing is, is that Cully was set up to fail and he definitely overperformed um, in a lot of ways. And I think though that what he showed should benefit his career in the long term. I mean, he walks away with that $23 million and was like, Hey, you give me bare bones And this is what I can do with it. And I think that anyone who watched that should be impressed um, because I I definitely was. And um, the the guy has a lot of potential. And like, there's a reason that you're a longtime assistant in the league. And it it is surprising after watching what he did um, this year that that was really his first shot at being a head coach. But I think he proved that if someone wants to give him a legitimate chance to do it, like he might actually be able to. And I don't think that's anything that people were expecting going into this year. But 
I I enjoyed watching the Texans team as they started to click later on in the season. I thought that what what he did was very impressive. And if nothing else, he's earned himself a highly paid assistant job somewhere in the league for the duration of however long his career ends up being. So David Culley, in the short run, it looks terrible that he ended up getting fired after one year. It was unjust, but at the same time, he gets that retirement money and he's going to be secure in a position as an assistant for a long time to come. So it actually ended up doing a lot for him, even if he never gets another head coaching opportunity. I want to run through the rest of these. Dan Campbell for the Lions, Nick Sirianni for the Eagles, which was a big surprise, Arthur Smith for the Falcons, Robert Sala for the Jets. I think we saw with Sala a very up-and-down rookie season. He learned some things. He talked in the press conference at the end of the year about certain things specifically that he wants to do better in year number two. So very much TBD. I saw some stuff I liked, some stuff I didn't. If he gets it fixed, he could be a really good hire. If he doesn't, that's when it becomes a problem. But as of now, I would say incomplete. Same thing with Arthur Smith. Tough to tell with the Falcons because they're in that weird middle ground now where they're sort of rebuilding, but they're hanging on to their veteran quarterback who's at the tail end of his career. I think it would be better off for them if they found a quarterback that Smith can build up and can grow together, Smith and the quarterback. So as of now, it's really tough to tell what he's going to do because you have no idea what that offense is going to look like post Matt Ryan. Pitts got off to a bit of a slow start, but really seemed to gain some footing in the offense. And you got to give Arthur Smith a lot of credit for doing what a lot of teams had tried to do over the years, but couldn't successfully do. Took Corderell Patterson, who was a very high draft pick for the Minnesota Vikings years ago, and was thought to be sort of a lost cause, a depth piece at wide receiver, and made him into a really awesome all-purpose weapon who's probably going to get paid this offseason, if not by the Falcons, then somebody else. So I thought overall there was some stuff to like with him, some stuff that you're still waiting to see, but it's a TBD for him. Dan Campbell, we all know the situation there. Very loud, very boisterous, but the team seemed to respond to him. They fought hard. Detroit competed most weeks, even on weeks where they didn't win. There were a lot of close losses there. If a couple of them had gone the other way, they probably would have been a five or six win team. So I think that he did a pretty good job year one. Whether or not that act continues to play going forward, we'll have to see. And obviously, we're going to have to find out how they do with building that roster over the next couple of years. But I thought there were some promising signs there with Campbell. Also very entertaining. So from an outsider's perspective, not caring what happens to the Lions, I hope he stays in the league because he cracks me up. Nick Sirianni also cracks me up, but for a different reason. It's because he's so awkward with the press. But that said, I think he overachieved this year. It's hard to argue otherwise. Now, people will point out that the Eagles played... Very few quality opponents. They'll point out that the quarterbacks on the opposing teams were not very good. But still, nobody in their right mind thought the Eagles were going to have a winning record this year and make the playoffs. Now, this could be an Adam Gase year one in Miami situation where they got lucky and they regress back to the mean. And it turns out Sirianni's not a very good head coach. But what I do think he proved is that you can't always judge somebody based on an opening presser. Everybody was so impressed with Matt Rule's opening press conference with the Panthers. And then he nosedived and now he's on the hot seat going into year number three. Sirianni looks very awkward with the press, which isn't great in the Philadelphia market. But 
he did produce some pretty good results year one. So we'll see with him, but it definitely looks more promising than a lot of people thought at first. And Brandon Staley. I love Brandon Staley, but obviously a lot of controversy around him this year. People were expecting big things from the Chargers, especially because of Justin Herbert. They ended up not making the playoffs in the strangest way you could ever imagine that last week of the season when it looked like there might be a tie and the Chargers and the Raiders would both get in. I don't really fault Staley so much for what happened at the end of that game. There are a variety of things that played into how that ended. I think he realized that the Raiders were going to try and kick a field goal, and you could go on and on about what the strategy was there and whether or not he made a mistake, but I think you point to the over-reliance on analytics And maybe that was something he needs to peel back a little bit in year number two because there were situations where they went for it on short yardage deep in their own territory and it ended up backfiring. The analytics say that in situations like that you should go for it. But after being a head coach for one year and actually seeing it in real life play out, maybe he pulls it back a little bit, gets a little more conservative in year number two. So I really like Brandon Staley. I think he's a brilliant guy. Whether or not he ends up being a little too smart for his own good is what we'll have to keep an eye on going forward. So, Kayla, what do you think? Brandon Staley with the Chargers, Nick Sirianni with the Eagles, Dan Campbell with the Lions, Arthur Smith with the Falcons, and, of course, Robert Sala with the Jets. All right, well, I'll start off with Sala. I mean, I was really excited when they made that hire. I think he had all the potential in the world coming in, and um, I still think very highly of him. I think that... Um, given what he, the situation he walked into, the roster he walked into, um, I think that he hired great coordinators. I mean, at least very much so on offense. I was happy with Lafleur as well. I think his vision is like I can see it, and I like where he's going with it. Whether or not that is fully put into play and executed, that's a whole other story. Um, but given what year one I thought could look like and what ended up happening. I'm overall pretty pleased with what I saw. I like all of his potential moving forward, but um, I think a better grip on his vision and how it'll work out, we're going to see going into this year. And if you don't see any significant improvements, then I would start to get worried. Um, But as a guy who I think has a good head on his shoulders and a good vision of what he wants the team to be, I like his direction. Um, Arthur Smith, you know, I I know the Falcons are tough because, like you said, they're like also like they're rebuilding, but not rebuilding. They have uh, Matt Ryan, and he I, I think that Matt Ryan um, should have won more in most of his career. I think that he's a great player. I think that it's unfortunate that he's been surrounded by a lot of bad circumstance. But I honestly did think that Arthur Smith would have more of an impact in year one, and I do think that the Falcons won probably the maximum like they played a lot of teams that were not good all of their wins were over teams that were not good they didn't really beat anybody um of like high caliber I mean the Jets had more wins over playoff teams than the Falcons um so that that is what it is um I do think though that the Falcons should have been more competitive in some tougher games um I think that they have a lot of potential on their roster. Obviously, they were short at wide receiver this year, but I just thought Arthur I have Arthur Smith as like a top candidate as a, as a head coach, and I was a little bit surprised to not see the Falcons make a little bit more of a splash or play good teams a little bit closer. I just think they, especially with Matt Ryan under center, and the, I guess the issue you run into there a lot is their line, but um, I, I just I thought that they would be a little bit better. 
I think they had a couple standout players, but I don't think that had much to do with um, coaching besides maybe Patterson. Um, but yeah, that being said, um, I would be interested to see what he does this year, but I, I thought I was underwhelmed by Arthur Smith overall. Um, and then you go to guys like Campbell and Sirianni, who I thought eh, this could be an abject disaster for both of these franchises. And I was way more impressed with them than I ever expected to be. Obviously, the Eagles making the playoffs was not expected. Um, I mean, I work at CBS with a ton of Eagles fans. It's like a huge Philly contingent in that office. And none of them were thought anything high of the Eagles coming into the year. And they were all shocked when, when they secured a playoff spot. And that's a bunch of people who research football for a living. So I think credit to Nick Sirianni where it's due. That was a lot more um, impressive and productive than... I, I think anyone thought it would be. And Dan Campbell, like, yeah, I, he cracks me up. He's he's a good personality guy. But the Lions playing so many teams that close, like, I, I remember I doing some work on the Lions and thinking, like, how have they lost, like, seven games or something? It was that point in the season by, like, one score. That's crazy. And, like, they were always in it. And you don't frequently see that for a team with that many losses. So I thought that that was pretty cool. And like like you said, guys seem to really buy into him. And so if they can really start turning it around, like I hope that's the case because that would be a great comeback story and uh, a very interesting guy with at the helm. I think that that could be a movie one day if they can figure it out. But um, and then as for Brandon Staley, I, I would have to say like, especially with how the season finished out, I have to say I'm disappointed because – I don't think there's anybody besides maybe Raiders fans that would have rather seen the Raiders in the playoffs than getting to watch Justin Herbert. Like it's, it's disappointing to think that it ended that way. And like, especially given that it's the chargers, like it's so much of the frustration with the chargers over the years has been, Oh yeah, they have all this talent and all this possibility, but they choke at the end. And whether that be of an individual game or of the season, they managed to do that yet again. And so the, the head coach and like I thought Brandon Staley was like one of the more exciting hires going into this year and I think the Chargers play a lot of exciting games but with that much talent I mean you should be playing exciting games that should be the bare minimum I think that the Chargers should have been a playoff team this year and it's really unfortunate that it came to the point where they were on like the brink of elimination and didn't make it I think that with what he had to work with there they should have been a playoff team without a doubt, especially looking at who got it, like with, with the Eagles and the Raiders. And there were so many blowout games the first uh, super, like uh, during super, super wild card weekend. Like there's so many blowout games. I think the Chargers would have played any one of those teams better if, if they were playing to their full potential. And it sucked to watch them crumble. And I, I really couldn't stand to see it go down like that. Um, and I don't know if that's entirely on coaching, but I think a huge part of it is. And, and that's disappointing because you would hope that Staley would come in there and get the Chargers over the hump. Because last year they were verge of playoff team too, at least like talent wise. So it's like, why are we still not seeing the Chargers in the playoffs? That to me is falling short. That's a disappointment. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Follow Kayla on Twitter at KP underscore on underscore TV. Make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there taking a look at Dalton Schultz, who could be a Jets target, free agency at tight end. Speaking of tight end, he's got a great video up there of Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado State, and what he thinks McBride could do for the Jets offense if the Jets were to draft him. He's got a video up reviewing Zach Wilson's most recent performance against the Buffalo Bills and breaking down how he went from 
from being a turnover-prone quarterback to a turnover-free quarterback. That's all on our YouTube channel right now, so check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, bugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.